0: Welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast against siblings. I'm your co-host, Thomas Dempsey.
1: And I'm your host, Elizabeth Connor.
0: And we are here again to talk about what we've been reading. But before we get into that... Uh, sorry, it's early. <laughs> uh, this is... We don't normally record in the mornings, which you'd think would be better, but apparently... My rhythms are just out of whack, so uh, Elizabeth, you want to start us off with what you've been up to? Yeah. Uh, while I sort of gather myself.
1: So since our last recording, um, I have started back to work. Um, so we had our week of like the teachers getting prepared and stuff, and then I've actually I've had my first week of school already. It was a pretty good week. There were, there was a couple of misadventures, but for the most part, it was a good week.
0: Yeah, it's good. And, Um,
1: uh, I think the most exciting part was, um, well, first of all, I go between two schools. I have a primary and a secondary school. Yes. Um, so my secondary school, which I'm only at two days a week, uh, had a car explode in the car line.
0: Yeah, you sent us video of that,
1: (laughs) and like it's not funny. And don't worry, everybody's fine. Um, It was just, you know, I'm like, I'm just, I get there, you know, I get to work. It's like not, it's like not nine. It's like six fifty in the morning. Um, I've got my coffee. I'm like barely awake. I mean, I'm I'm more than barely awake because my commute's forty five minutes. Right. Um, But like. I'm just walking out to car duty with my coffee, do and I come around the corner and there's smoke and there's a car on fire.
0: Oh boy. was so, it? Had it been idling?
1: <clears throat> no, um, not that I'm, I mean, it may have been because it was there early enough because we don't start accepting children until seven o'clock.
0: Okay. Because I know uh, a while back my car was idling in a, where all cars idle in the uh, Sonic drive through line. And... The um, truth. So I was just... I'd been in line maybe like uh, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, uh, steam or whatever starts coming up out from under my engine. Mm-hmm. And that was... This was back when the uh, radiator fan on my car was broken. So somehow... I guess some like coolant or something had gotten up on the engine block and the heat of the engine was causing it to evaporate, which was what was causing the smoke. But um fortunately I was able to turn the engine off in time, let it cool down, and then drive home and do it all. Have you ever had that happen with a car?
1: Um... The only time I've ever had a car like smoking was I had to like slam on brakes. I mean, I was like traveling at a fairly high velocity and I had to slam on brakes super quick and like smoke came up from my tires.
0: Oh, oh, that's okay. That's but I've never had any, I've never
1: had any smoke come out from an engine,
0: right? Okay. Well, I mean, I guess count yourself lucky then, but, uh, so was there anything, um, like what all happened with the car at your school?
1: So when I got there, the car was on fire and, um, so anyway, I like the parents over there and she's just standing there like kind of calm. I don't know if she was in shock or, or what, but she was just shaking her head and she was like, I told him he needed to get it looked at. Who so, was she talking to? She was just she was talking to like a teacher or maybe the the SRO or somebody. Like I don't I don't remember who she was talking to, but she was just like I told him he needed to get it looked at. Okay. So whoever him was, I felt bad. You know that that man had a bad day. Right. Um. But. So then, but you know, like there's people who they're like, yeah, we see that there's a car on fire, but we got to get, drop these kids off and get to work. So we're having to like redirect the car line and somebody gives me a kid and they're like, all right, this child goes to, you know, hall, whatever. So I start walking towards that hall and then the car stops, starts popping. I mean, it straight uh. up sounds like, like gunshots. Mm. So I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, kid. We're going, we're going a different way to your classroom. <laughs> not, not today. Not today. So, you've got that happening, and then right around the time, and then right when the, the car starts popping and it sounds like gunshots, uh, you've got one parent. She's like half hanging out of the car, like a NASCAR driver, and and you know she's hollering because she thinks somebody's shooting. So she's hollering oh, about no. her to her child, and you know there's people hollering back at her like ma'am there's nobody shooting it's just the car on fire
0: she we well I'm glad everybody was okay
1: everybody was fine the fire department got there and put it out and I guess somebody came and took the car away cause at, at car duty that afternoon it wasn't there anymore okay so
0: I, I told you about that car that was on fire in the uh, middle of the f- highway uh, last time I came and visited y'all? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was like a, a, a rager. I think like the whole thing was burnt out. I don't know uh, if that was the case with this one, if they were able to stop it in time.
1: No, no. The, the, pretty much the whole, I mean like the, the firefighters were having to open the back doors to get at you know, different parts of the fire. Okay. So, I mean, that car was done for.
0: Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, I've been... um, I was talking to uh, Brian the other month about maybe looking about uh, what, when, if I would need to look into trading in my car. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Because
0: I've had it for several years and I've put about 100,000 miles on it. So... Like, if I was going to upgrade to something more recent, uh, then um might be a matter of, like, getting it in while I can still get a good value for it. hmm But, uh, yeah, I mean, I take good care of it. It's It's got miles on it, but I, like, do oil change and what all, and uh, I recently got a new set of tires put on, so... I can't remember if that was before or after you were here last time.
1: I think that was the, I, like, we can't, like, last time we came home, we came home on a Thursday. and Yeah, I think that
0: might have even been the day I, y'all yeah, came over. I think that was, yeah. I
1: think that was the day you got the tires put on the car. So it's been like, what, so, two weeks? Yeah,
0: our listeners probably have already heard about this then. But, uh, yeah, I um just sort of uh, even kill things around here. Um, A friend of mine's getting a D&D group back together, so we were gonna be meeting up on uh, uh, Sunday evenings Because we we started off on Fridays, but then work asked if I could take over the Friday shift closing Uh, So We needed to make it a different day and we've just been so hard up for workers at the store. I'm working at that I Mean we've got a couple of uh, per- prospective new employees that might shake out but usually it's just somebody comes in does the interview maybe shows up for a day or two and then leaves
1: mm-hmm.
0: so uh, it's just I'm honestly just sort of biding my time until maybe they have to close down temporarily and then either look for other opportunities or else be consolidated into the other store but that's just how it goes yep and uh sorry i'm not more high energy like i said i'm not used to recording in the mornings i've been awake for about two hours maybe one maybe less than that uh I feel no, like yeah
1: from what you told me you've been on the phone or not on the phone you've been awake for about an hour
0: yeah so that's the kind of uh, show people are getting this week. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get to record as early as we I would have liked just because uh, Thursday and Friday I was working clothes and uh, this being Elizabeth's first week back, I think she's been uh, juggling a lot of stuff, so uh, that's just how we've been doing. But uh, you want to just go ahead then and start talking books? Sure. Okay. Well, I have a couple books to talk about. Both of them relatively short. Uh, gonna have more to say about one than the other. The first one was this um, this uh, Italian post-war novel, sort of uh, courtesy of uh, New Directions Publishing, called uh, Voices in the. Oh.
1: Mhm.
0: Okay, hold on. hello hey I hung up on you oh (laughs) you're still recording right yeah I am okay so we should be good then I don't think we need to uh, what all okay so anyway yeah I was saying this uh, first book I read was called Voices in the Evening by Natalia Ginsberg it's a um, just sort of a little slice of life novel about this Italian village uh, post World War II sort of takes you through the Lives and loves of various members of these uh, extended families and communities. <clears throat> and, uh. <laughs> what?
1: I'm sorry, I'm laughing at your phlegm.
0: Yeah, it's early.
1: <laughs> it's noon. I haven't it's even really had clock. breakfast yet.
0: <laughs> well, I slept. <laughs> okay. So really the main the main thing I could think to discuss about this book is that um, it has a very interesting like sort of uh, like um, not, not narra- narrational framework, I guess is what you'd call it. Mm-hmm. wherein um, characters will often just sort of monologue, but it's almost like they're in conversation with themselves. So it's like a character will say a line. And then there'll be a break, like how normally there's breaks between people talking to each other in a normal book. Yeah. So there'll be a break, and then the next line will come in, and then it'll be revealed to be the same person speaking. And then there'll be another break, and then they'll come back in, and it'll still be them speaking. So there's always like this vague sense of intrigue about when someone else like the main character or somebody will actually be cutting into the conversation i think the uh, idea is that it sort of gives the protagonist a sense of being uh, like shut out or ignored mm-hmm. from um society is like when people are sort of like talking around her or talking over her yeah but uh it, it is very interestingly written and the uh, I, I uh, appreciated it for what it was, but um, it's just a, like a short little 115-page book, so I was able to knock it out pretty quickly. Okay. And uh, the, I guess that leaves the main book that I would be discussing, which is uh, The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis. hmm Are you familiar with this?
1: I mean I'm just familiar I mean all I know is that it's a a Netflix show. I didn't I didn't okay, actually know yeah. it was a book first.
0: You're right. It was adapted from a book and uh, I was discussing the fact the show with mom and dad last night. Uh couldn't remember where it was streaming, but they had adapted it into like like maybe a 8 season a 8 episode season and uh You know, the book ends fairly conclusively, so depending on how far they got in the plot, I figure that's about all we're going to get of the show. Mm -hmm. And I'd be interested in checking it out, but uh, really I was pretty satisfied with just the book. Um, What it's about is you got this girl named Elizabeth Harmon who is orphaned at a young age and sent to this orphanage in Kentucky. And uh, while there... (coughs) She... what?
1: I sneezed.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, while she, while there, she meets this janitor who has a chessboard set up in the basement. And eventually she, she cajoles him into teaching her how to play chess. And she reveals herself to be a prodigy at it. So, she goes through the book, like learning to play chess. Like, learning more about chess, going to competitions. It's really sort of a... It's almost like a sports story about chess. hmm But, uh, uh, balanced against this is the narrative of her uh, history with addiction. Because uh, when she was being raised at the orphanage, they were keeping a lot of the children uh, on tranquilizers. hmm Like, I guess to keep them docile. Yeah. And... Um, what she would do is she'd get in the habit of like hoarding her tranquilizer pills mm-hmm. and then taking them like upping the dosage oh okay to get high and uh after a while the um the orphanage is forced to discontinue usage of the tranquilizers but she, oh at this point she's hooked so she uh tries to steal some from the medical bay and gets caught and part of her punishment is that the like, like the people in charge at the orphanage won't let her play chess anymore. Mm. So, uh, that's like an early sort of dramatic beat. But then she gets adopted and she goes off to public school and starts attending like, like local tournaments and then from there develops a reputation and then it's just sort of follows her throughout the rest of her like, teens uh, go, traveling the world to these tournaments and sort of dealing with new, like, interpersonal relationships and new, like, struggles with addiction. hmm And, uh, it's set sort of nebulously during the Cold War, so I figure, like, maybe 70s, mm-hmm. thereabouts. because Because uh, there's not much reference to technology in the book. Uh, people have televisions and stuff, but... Uh, there's nothing in the. Like, no suggestion of, like, phone. Like, telecommunications technology being all that up to snuff. So, I figure it'd probably be sometime in the 70s. Okay. And, uh. It's got a, like, a nice sense of period detail in that respect. It doesn't, like, overwhelm you with it, but it, you do sort of get that sense of being, like, in a different time.
1: Mm
0: hmm. And, uh. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It's a quick read. I think for most people it's about 240 pages, so you'd probably knock it out in a, uh, in a few days. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I um, would rec- get to recommend. Cool. Yeah. So did you have a lot to talk about this week reading-wise?
1: Well, I did read... Hold on, let me count... I did read eight books, um, including the book for my challenge. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess the books that I talk, that I read, except for the one for my challenge, um, can be kind of grouped into two categories, like lighthearted fluff and dealing with serious topics. Okay. But you don't realize they're dealing with serious topics when you pick the book up.
0: Oh, okay. So they trick you.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, is funny enough, that's actually the name of the first book that I read during this time. It's called Trick. Uh Uh-oh. And no, it is not about prostitution. Um. Oh,
0: I, that's not even where my mind went. (laughs) I just thought like, oh, it's not nice being tricked.
1: (laughs) Um. So, the first one I guess I'll talk about is uh, Trick by Natalia Jaster. And Do a it's trick, the Violet? <laughs> she, she's actually in the living room, and I guess she saw a dog or something, and that's why she barked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's by Natalia Jaster, and it's the first book in the Foolish Kingdom series. Um, I don't really know how this is a series or if it's just a series of books that takes place in the universe and are like very loosely tied to each other I don't know because I felt like the book ended pretty pretty definitively
0: okay
1: um but it is about a princess well let me set the stage for you so in this particular universe in this particular land uh, there are four kingdoms and they in the four kingdoms um abide by, like, the different seasons. So, you've got, like, you know, the Winter Kingdom, the Spring, the Summer, and then the Fall Kingdom. And, uh, the Four Kingdoms pretty much, like, don't have anything to do with each other, except for, like, trade.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: So, like, if you are from the Spring Kingdom, you cannot leave your own kingdom unless you have permission from, uh, the Queen or the King. And you cannot marry a member of a different kingdom. Okay. So, like, each of the four kingdoms are very insular, uh, except for, like, trade or, like, when the royals have to go to the other kingdoms for official visits. So, uh, the main character is named Briar, and she is the princess of the Fall Kingdom. And she and her mother are in the spring kingdom for the annual peace talks where uh the royals from the four different kingdoms get together and they just talk about policy yes and they're there for like a whole month to like discuss policy uh and then the other and then the love interest is the jess is the court jester for the spring kingdom um and his name is poet okay I mean, he has a real name, but you, like, never know what it is, so he just goes by Poet. Uh, Okay. And Briar and Poet do not like each other when the book first starts out. And, in fact, Briar is very suspicious of Poet, and she thinks that he um, has wiggled his way into the spring court for nefarious reasons. Uh, Okay. So, uh, So, he's leaving... Um, the palace one night like in you know under the cover of darkness and she decides to follow him and then she gets into an accident in the forest and a poet has to save her and has to take her to where he grew up which is where she discovers his secret and it turns out he's not up to anything nefarious he's just trying to hide a secret because Things are not because anyway because things are not as they seem, um, and like the book doesn't get into it, or like the the you know the book description doesn't get into really the meat of what the book is about. So I find myself at a crossroads. Like, do I do I go ahead and say like what the book is about, or do I just leave it at that?
0: Well, how many other books you got to talk about?
1: Um, I was really only going to talk about like two more
0: okay uh go ahead
1: okay so poet has a special needs son okay and the law in all four kingdoms is that people who are born with special needs or people who suffer from mental illness are property of the crown
0: oh no
1: so they are taken from their families and uh each of the different kingdoms finds a different use for them. So, like, in the Summer Kingdom, um, they are used to... Like, the like the ones with special needs um, are used to make fishing nets. And if they can't make fishing nets, then they're used for bait.
0: Oh, no.
1: Yeah, like, it's terrible. So, um... So, the book is basically about how Briar finds out Poet's secret. Poet is trying to protect his son because he doesn't want his son to be used in the Spring Kingdom. um, People with special needs and with mental illness are used for entertainment.
0: Right. So,
1: they're basically, like, given over to carnivals and freak shows. Oh. You know, like they were back in the old days. Like, in reality.
0: Right. Right. I was going to say... There was this movie I saw a while back, uh, Boris Karloff in it. I forget what it's called, but he's like the uh, like the overseer of this um, ward, where I guess a lot of uh, patients are kept, and he like takes them around to like various like upper crust gatherings. But uh, yeah, that w- I'm not sure. I mean, I know it was bad, but that's, like, a, a, a aspect of history that I hadn't read much up on. How does the book handle, like, the sensitivity of that?
1: I feel like the book is pretty honest. Um, you know, obviously, because this is, like, the book is not set in, like, a, you know, America universe or, like, a present-day universe. Um, they refer to people with special needs uh as fools okay or the mad because you know they're talking about they're talking about people with developmental delays they're talking about people with down syndrome they're talking about older people that have schizophrenia um or you you know like stuff like that
0: um okay is, this is one of the heavy books you mentioned, right? Yeah, this, definitely. Okay. This is definitely one of I'm the glad heavy we're books I mentioned. knocking it out, I guess, up top.
1: So, um... So, anyway, like, that's... I feel like the book is just... It's just very honest. You know, it doesn't... Like, they, they call them fools. They call them the mad. Um, but Poet and Briar, like, see that... This is an atrocity, and so uh, the two of them kind of fight for policy change. Oh right. Um, with as much as they can, given that Briar is not actually a queen, and Poet is a jester, so he's a he's a member of the kingdom. Like he doesn't actually hold any kind of authority. Okay. So. Well,
0: alright. And all right, then there and is uh, a
1: romance aspect to it as well.
0: Right, and you say. Uh... You don't really see how the series could move on from where the book ended?
1: Right. The only way that I could see where the series would go is if it, like, is like if the next book talks about, like, one of the side characters getting with somebody, like in a typical romance series where you don't have to read them in order. Um, Each book in a series kind of can stand by itself.
0: Okay. I also know that, like, a lot of fantasy novels often have time skips between books so it could just deal with it like a different era of these kingdoms
1: so yeah so that was one of the the more serious books that i read um the other two more serious books that i read was a voyeur by fiona cole and sins by nadia lee um okay they're very, very good, but I'm not going to get into them just because of time reasons. Uh, okay. So then the other books that I read were kind of like more lighthearted, more fluffy, and one of them was a series that I started reading. I read four of these books. Um, yes. It's it's the Monsters Love Curvy Girls series. Okay. So I've read four of the books, and each of the books is like his human something, So, this takes place in a, in the future, like, Star Trek-ish, um, and humans live on a place called New Earth, and there's basically, like, a lot of intergalactic, like, piracy and politics to get these humans from Earth as we know it to New Earth that I'm not going to get into. Um... But basically, New Earth is, like, not a super great place to live. Yeah. So, the humans are, like, they, they want to get off planet. They want to go to other planets and live amongst other species because they don't like where they're living. So, uh, all of these books take play or focus on the relationship between a species of people called the Hyrakin which yeah. basically, like, the people of that species, they kind of look like Satan.
0: Uh, okay. Like, they're right, red...
1: Um, yeah. they have feel horns like a, and tails, huh? Yeah,
0: you know, there's a, um, this old sci-fi novel, I forget what it's called, but it's, uh, apparently operates on a similar premise, Yeah, like, um, yeah.
1: So, basically, this series of books is about how, is about, like, a human hooking up with a member of the Heirachan species, and of course, all the Heirachans are billionaires, and... Uh, okay and you know they all love each other very much but there's a little bit of drama to make things interesting and anyway like they're just nice they're just fun fluffy reads um to break away from the seriousness right so so yeah
0: alright well it's those sound good uh what it's worth um sorry I'm distracted you mentioned that I'm trying to track down what this book was called. Uh-huh. And uh I might look I might shout it out at the start of the next half, but with that with that all um said and done, do you want to just go ahead take a break, come back, talk about a challenge?
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: All right, we'll be back in a minute.
1: And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. Um, so, now that we're back from the break, Thomas found the book that he was thinking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, first off, there's this, um, YouTube channel I've been following for a while now called, uh, Extra Credits. They got started back, like, late 2000s doing videos about, like, video game design, and, uh, in the years since, they've branched off into other topics like history and, uh, uh, politics and stuff but they have one um video series they do called uh about books called uh S- extra sci-fi and um one of the episodes they did about it was on an Arthur C. Clarke novel called Childhood's End and that's the book I was thinking of that had like the conceit of aliens that look like the human conception of uh devils and the, mm-hmm. I, like the idea in the book is that like the demons Uh, not the demons. The aliens were like sending humanity like psychic messages that like advanced their development of technology and what all. And Mm -hmm. that the um, like I guess the detail of their uh, communications that uh dealt with their appearance, like got wrapped up in like like human conceptual conceptions of like spirituality and whatnot. So that's how like humans came to conceive of uh, uh, devils in that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's just that's was a connection there. And I wonder if the author that you were talking about might have drawn some inspiration from that. but it's it's just a thought. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, um, basically, the big thing to take care of now is uh, Elizabeth's Reading Challenge. Uh, for those who don't recall, about a month back, I signed Elizabeth to read a book over 600 pages in commemoration of uh, six months of doing this podcast. And, uh, Elizabeth, why don't you tell us about the book you read?
1: Okay, so I read uh, Stephen King's Desperation.
0: Yep. And I, I have read this book as well. It was a one of my the many king books i tore through back in high school Mm -hmm. and uh what what was your uh uh, relationship with uh king
1: like for this particular book or just in general
0: or just in general in general
1: um like i have read stephen king and i've always enjoyed stephen king uh but it's one of those things that it's like i forget how much i enjoy (laughs) yeah right you know um just because as obviously our listeners will know uh I'm kind of like the romance queen on this podcast. I you sure. know read I read a lot of romance. Um that's what I like. I find it to be very relaxing. Uh but then I'll you know I get into something like Stephen King and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot how good this was." Um or I forgot how good he was like when it comes to just his writing style and the care he takes into um developing uh and pushing the plot forward. Right. And yeah, I feel
0: like he's not, uh, like, damn with faint praise or anything, but I feel like he's got a strong reputation as, like, a sort of a workman-like approach to writing. hmm Like, if you've read, um, like, On Writing, his sort of how-to book about, uh, his methodology and whatnot, he's very much the kind of guy who just, like, head down every day, knock out, like, 10,000 words, and, uh than just like has like this whole like work ethic about it that's allowed him to remain so prolific even on into the current day in fact I think he just had a new book cut out called like Billy Jack or something like that
1: I think you're right yeah
0: yeah I've seen it in stores Uh, the last book of his I bought was called The Insider Mm -hmm. and I haven't read it yet but um or maybe not even The Insider I think I'm mistaking that but uh, it's—it was a few a few years ago that I got it, and uh, he's an author I've been needing to get back into, um, just sort of like fill in some holes. I read a lot of his earlier stuff back in high school, but uh, I think a lot of his more recent work has sort of passed me by. Mhm. What What's your favorite Stephen King uh, story?
1: Like, <laughs> what? Okay. I keep, like, this book keeps coming into my brain, but the thing is, is he didn't write it. I just thought he wrote it.
0: What, what is it?
1: Uh, do you remember, I can't remember what the name of the book was. It was about the little boy, his mom was an actress, something was wrong with her, he had to travel across the country, like, hitchhiking.
0: The Talisman. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a Stephen King book.
1: Is it? I thought.
0: Yeah, he co-wrote it with Peter Straub.
1: Oh, okay, I thought Peter Straub was the sole author.
0: No, it was uh it was very much like a uh like a co-author thing, like um Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett did with Good Omens. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's a um, yeah, they they have dual ownership over that.
1: Okay. Well, I I freaking love that book, and and you know I'll tell anybody like the Talisman is one of my top five favorite books ever. Oh right, I, yeah, I, really I need know. To I feel it. like
0: I feel like I remember Mom. Praising that book as well, and uh, you know, don't really, not really viewing King as like a mom type of writer. Yeah. But uh, that that very much seems like a book with crossover potential for a lot of people.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, like, I love that book, but I also liked, I also remember really liking the Gunslinger series.
0: Oh yeah, uh, the Dark Tower
1: yeah the dark tower series and i think i read like four of those
0: books yeah the thing with those was he wrote like the first four books from like the late 80s to the early 90s and then of course he like took a big break off of them and then of course you know he had his big like near death experience in the early 2000s when he Mm -hmm. got hit by that van while he was out jogging yeah and uh He, like, got addicted to pain medication at a time. And uh, after he got over that, he, uh, really sort of, like, committed himself to getting the series completed. And, uh, so, like, the last three books of the Dark Tower series all came out, like, I think, I want to say while I was in high school. Maybe not that quickly. I feel, I have the memory of reading the final Dark Tower novel while I was in high school. And... So I feel like they came out in, like, a pretty quick succession. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I, think, I feel like people are, on the whole, pretty uh, happy with how the Dark Tower series wound up. People are probably, like, cooler on the later entries than they are the earlier ones, just because, I guess, maybe people have a stronger affection for that period in uh, King's career than they do mm-hmm. with his more modern stuff. But then, like... Uh, I guess for listeners who don't know, the Dark Tower series is almost like this meta-narrative uh, that exists throughout Sting, uh, King's bibliography, wherein like a lot of different books that seemingly have no connection to the Dark Tower story will feature plot elements that get reincorporated into the Dark Tower, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a point uh, after the final Dark Tower novel was published that I think... King sort of recommitted himself to writing more self contained stories. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, like at the time, that feeling like a big sea change. But, uh, yeah, I sorry, I don't mean to take over the conversation. It's just that you brought up Dark Tower. And if I had to name my favorite King book, it would probably be uh, Wizard in Glass, mm-hmm. which is the fourth book in the Dark Tower series and the last one he wrote before the long sort of hiatus from it okay yeah so uh that's uh my i guess relationship with him but um yeah uh passing the mic back uh was there anything else you wanted to say before getting into the book in question
1: yeah so um which i think it's real i do think it's funny that like some of my favorite king works uh the talisman and the gun in the um dark tower series uh my husband is a big stephen king fan but You're he right? did not he like he told me he was like i could not get into the talisman and i did not like the um i did not like the dark tower series
0: okay yeah, like, I, mean, I, the, I guess yes
1: like those are the two things that he he did not care for and I just think sure. that's funny that I'm like, but those are my favorite.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I I get it. It's just like he's sort of, King just sort of has like, I guess, a grasp of styles such that different parts of his like catalog can appeal to different people for different reasons.
1: Right. Um,
0: but uh, what do you think about Desperation?
1: Okay. This is what I thought about it. I really, really okay. enjoyed it. But the whole time which is so funny. Okay, the whole time I'm sitting here reading Desperation, I'm going, This reminds me of Imaginary Friend by Steven by Stephen Chopsky.
0: Okay, I haven't read that one.
1: Um and I guess that's how you say his name, Chopsky.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen the book in stores, but I've never uh, checked it out.
1: Okay. But I remember I read I read that book last year, but I remember the entire time reading Imaginary Friend, being yes. like, "This reminds me of Stephen King. Like, this is something that Stephen King would write."
0: Okay. So you think maybe uh, Chomsky took some uh, took some notes from King's uh, work?
1: Definitely, um, because I feel like Imaginary Friend very much fits into the same like plot devices as desperation but also as like the talisman did um, because all three of those books like involve a child involve like a a boy who's anywhere from you know 8 to 11 8 to 12 Yeah. and just kind of this like almost supernatural way of dealing with a really terrible situation
0: (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, that's definitely a motif.
1: Yeah, so, and, uh, so anyway, that's what I, that was like, that's all that I could think of, like, while I was reading the book was, oh yeah, this is like, this is like this part in Imaginary Friend, or this is like this part in Imaginary Friend, even though I know Desperation came out way before Imaginary Friend did.
0: Right. Right. Uh, and I haven't read it since high school, so can you uh, refresh my memory and tell us what the book's about?
1: Yeah, so um, there is a town in, in Nevada called Desperation. It's a little tiny desert town that you kind of discover has a population of anywhere from like 190 to 250 people um, because of a mining project. That was trying to get started there. Um, There was, you know, people kind of more people coming into the town to live and stay and visit because of this mining project. So um, you've got people who are going through Nevada for different reasons. Um, You know, the the first set of characters you meet, Peter and Mary, they are going through Nevada because they're driving. Peter's sister's car back to New York and they've decided to, like, make a little road trip out of it. Um, You meet the Carver family. They're going through Nevada because they're taking the RV to Lake Tahoe. Um, You meet an author named Johnny Marinville. He's going through Nevada because he's writing a book and he's, like, kind of writing about his adventures. Uh, And then you meet... Johnny's like assistant helper. I don't know. Steve doesn't really have like a title. Um, yeah. But there's Steve, and and Steve's like following Johnny to I guess just make sure that like Johnny's safe, and he has, you know, if he if he needs like a place to put his bike or, anyway, Steve's just there just in case. Um, and there's this cop. And this cop, like, is pulling these people over, and he gets them back, to, and he does terrible things to them. He beats them up. He, he you know, does awful things, and he gets them back to desperation, um, where things just get super, super weird, super, super fast.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I remember, like, dribs and drabs of this, and I... There was a TV movie adaptation I remember catching on cable one afternoon. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't have uh, like the most comprehensive recollection of it.
1: That was the other uh, thing I was thinking while I was reading the book was as I'm reading like the individual, because the thing the the edition that I read, which is on the iPad, um, each chapter is divided up into like sub chapters. Sure. And each subchapter is being told from a different perspective most of the time. Um, yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I feel like this... And this was before I knew that there was like a made-for-TV movie. But I'm like, I feel like this would be a really... Like, this could be very easily adapted to, like, a Netflix miniseries or something.
0: Right. I, um... And the other thing I remember about Desperation, just from, like buying up a bunch of used Stephen King novels uh, at various places is that um, the edition I had was like this really psychedelic looking paperback Mm -hmm. and I know that it was that the design of that book was uh, intentional because it was paired with another uh, novel called The Regulators Mm -hmm. which was written uh, by Quote unquote Richard Bachman, that uh, fans will know was a pseudonym of King's. Yeah. Back when I think he was first either starting to get famous or wanting to write books, like, without the, um, without the, like, weight of the Stephen King name attached to them. Mm hmm. But uh, the uh, the idea of, like, the, dep- the desperation regulators' diptych is that. He under these two different names, he would write uh, different styles of story with like uh, like similar commonalities, mm-hmm. like like characters appearing in each book and st- and like events and fates and what have you. And uh, I feel like the Regulators was a lot more over the top than Desperation was. It sounds mm-hmm. like Desperation's much more like grounded in character oriented than like in like in keeping with a lot of king's usual stuff whereas the regulators is a lot more like sort of like almost like dream logic i -hmm. guess and uh yeah i i don't have much memory of it either but i just remember like that title and that sort of uh concept sticking in my head okay But, uh, so, you read the book? You enjoyed it?
1: I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Alright, you think this will be the start of you getting back into King, or is this just more like a little, like a uh, check-in?
1: No, I really do think, um, I'll, I'll start getting back into King, because something that has been occurring, like, within myself over the last couple of episodes is just, like, this desire to get into some different stuff, um... You know, uh, like I said earlier, I read a lot of romance. And it's not that I'm necessarily getting tired of romance, but I'm, I'm just like, I, it's time for me to branch out into other genres.
0: Sure. I, get, and, I can get that.
1: And that's something that I just, I think it would be important for me to push myself into doing now so that, you know, when I start gearing up or when I start planning for my reading uh, for 2022. Yeah, you know, I can be a little bit more well-rounded.
0: Okay, I think that sounds fun. Nothing wrong with romance. Because you know, uh, but, 2022
1: um, is only only in four months.
0: That is wild. I know. But there's this uh, web comic that pops up on my dash every now and then, usually and appropriately around this time of year. It's just of these two gremlins or uh, uh, goblins or whatever. Mm-hmm. they're just sort of hanging out one of them's got like a cup of coffee he's sipping on the other one's just in a hoodie on a couch looking at his phone mm-hmm. and the one on his phone turns to the one drinking coffee and says it's august and then the one drinking coffee just like stares at him and that's like the entirety of the comic there's like these two goblins hanging out one says it's august and the other one just looks at him and it's just like a big mood
1: <laughs> it is a big mood,
0: yeah, I don't know. Someone else posted online that like August is the worst month hands down, uh-huh. and without any like cultural without like any cultural or like broader context, you just get it, yeah, because I feel like June and July are the big summer months, yeah, and September is like its own thing. it's more like a bridge into autumn, I guess. Mm -hmm. whereas august just i don't know
1: yeah and i guess that's because at least on the the memes and stuff and like on the posts that i see across my social media is people being like like gearing up for fall like people are ready for fall now and it's like dude it's august like it's still summer
0: yeah and it's it's gonna be summer for like most of september yeah but uh yeah i get i get it
1: and then because we live in the south, like it's not gonna, we're not actually gonna get like some cool air until you know maybe Christmas.
0: Oh, although I don't know, I feel like I was out the other day and some weird breeze just happened to catch me, mm-hmm. and it was just like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's coming, and <laughs> it, it's not, it's not nearly close yet, but I guess you are sort of, sort of getting that sense of it. Yeah, You're certainly getting the desire for it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then again, I mean, corporations aren't making it any easier because, like, you walk into any, like, craft store and they've already got their fall decor out.
0: Oh, Um, yeah.
1: Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts are going to have the pumpkin spice latte coming out later this month.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Uh, In fact, I think
1: Starbucks may have the pumpkin spice latte coming out, like, this coming Friday.
0: I mean, I'll try it, but honestly, I feel like. At some point after, like some point uh, early last decade, they just started doing something to pumpkin spice lattes to make them taste different.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I don't even know if it's just like my own taste buds getting burnt out on them or what, but I feel like I'd want to try out like maybe some small independent like cafe. Try their brand of like maybe a more uh, naturally sourced, pumpkin spice or what have you because mm-hmm. I just you you just chase that old thrill you know
1: I'm not gonna lie the at least the the pumpkin spice uh the pumpkin spice uh that Dunkin Donuts has is pretty good
0: okay yeah I'll give that a shot although I'll tell you and I tell you what rocks is the pumpkin pie flavored creamer that they come out with around this time of year
1: isn't that international delight
0: I want to say so I've It's either pumpkin pie or pumpkin spice pie Pumpkin pie spice It's some variant of pumpkin spice That tastes so much better than just pumpkin spice That uh, I really need to remember To seek it out
1: I, um, I was in Walmart the other day and saw it And was like this is going in my cart
0: Nice Well I uh, think we've about got an episode under our belts uh, You mm-hmm. want to get your next challenge And wrap it up
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. So hmm, something's going on. Anyway, uh, I've been thinking in terms of what to read next and what I, want to, what I want to get read before the end of the year is I have a tendency of starting a book series and then not finishing it. Like I'll Same. pick up all three books in a trilogy or what have you. And read the first one, maybe read the second one, but never able to, like, make it over the hump. Same. So, what my challenge for you is, and a challenge I'll be sort of more loosely setting for myself, is to finish a book series, usually, like, no more than, like, three or so books, that you have started but not yet completed. Okay. So... So,
1: I have to have started the series.
0: Yes, yes you have to and, have started it and if ideally if it's something maybe you've put on hold or uh, I don't know maybe something that for some reason just didn't resonate with you at the time just uh, complete a book series or yeah okay yeah I'll go ahead with that just complete like a little short book series that you've started but not yet finished
1: Okay. Um, anything
0: come to mind I mean, you don't have to give spoilers straight away if you don't want, but I just don't want to be, like, writing you into a corner where you have to, like, blow through three books or so in as many weeks.
1: Well, like, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, because a lot of the series that I have started are more than three books and they're ongoing.
0: Okay. Well, like, for instance, uh, like, you know, the Queen the Tearling series? Yeah. Yeah. That's a series for me that I would uh, reference because like I read the first one and I got like 100 pages into the second one and then I just fell off. Whereas, yeah, uh, so I, if I wanted to, I could like give Invasion uh, another go and then like try and finish it off with Fate. But, uh, and there's like a couple other series in that vein that I could cite, but um, yeah, if uh, if there's nothing uh, like that that you can think of then uh, I don't know honestly I just came up with this topic last night because I sort of lost track of time in the lead up to this episode
1: Mhm.
0: and uh, like spoilers I'm not even going to be able to have like a comprehensive word count for this episode because I lo- I can't find the notebook that I keep my numbers logged in I've got oh, my okay. uh I've got my wor- my uh word totals for the uh, these the two books I read this time uh on my phone but in terms of like the overall uh uh additions and what have you I'm going to have to like rec- hold off on that this time. Okay. But uh yeah, I, I guess I don't know, just uh do your best, maybe find like a little short two book series. Uh, like young adult or what have you and okay. that might like be grounds for something but I should think like anything that requires you to read more than two books would uh, be, a, be a bit beyond the scope of what, what I'm envisioning for this
1: okay so it's not it's I can still win the challenge if like I start a new series as long as I get it finished by the next time it's my turn to check in sure Okay.
0: Yeah, if I think you're, that's if what you're I mean so compelled. You. Okay. You think you know I what just... you're going to do? Huh? You say you say you think you know what you're going to do?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start a new series cuz I was like going through um, the list of books that I've read this year and the and like the the series that I have either started um they're I'm mean, either are like ongoing so like i'm i'm waiting for uh the next or like for the series to finish because it's not yet or like it's just stuff from like way back at the beginning of the year that i just kind of like lost interest in or it's a series that i've already finished
0: okay all right So i well, think
1: i may just pick a new um like what's it called if it's two books duology
0: duology yeah
1: duology uh, I think I may just pick like a duology or a trilogy to read between now and then.
0: Alrighty. Well, uh if they, if that sounds like something you ha- you have can make the time for, then that's good. Yeah. Uh I, I, I always wonder what the difference between a duology and a diptych is.
1: And a what? A diptych?
0: A diptych. Uh, have you I never don't heard know this that I've term? I've
1: never heard that.
0: Uh here, let me look it up. Yeah, here we go. No, wait. Uh, It looks like I'm getting results for some kind of, like, Apple Store app. Uh Uh-huh. No, okay, here it is, diptych. It is a painting, especially an altarpiece, of two hinged wooden panels which may be closed like a book. An ancient writing tablet consisting of two hinged leaves with waxed inner sides. Alright, so I was thinking of, I guess diptych applies more to, uh, like, visual art hmm as opposed to a duology, I guess, which would be more of a narrative thing. but yeah. there you go that's it that's your trivia for the day. There you go okay, so uh let's do word totals. uh, I'll go first and uh sounds like you're gonna have us beat again this week, but um looking at my word totals for uh uh that first book I read. Voices in the evening. That's it. For voices in the evening came out to uh, thirty-eight thousand nine hundred and fifty-eight point four words. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the Queen's Gambit came out to one hundred thousand two uh, one hundred thousand twenty-seven point two words. So my total for this week uh, is one hundred thirty-eight nine eight five point six.
1: Okay. Uh, This week, or this time around, during this cycle I guess, I read 603,114 words, uh, which brings my total up to 5,756,990 words.
0: Okay, and um, just a quick check in, did you ever uh, take care of that library fee thing?
1: no not yet um i'm still having to find all the library books okay so once i get them all found and then i will let you know what that total is
0: okay and you might just want to check with the library and see if they aren't uh charging you for just replacing the books outright Uh at this point Okay. because uh if that's the case then i may just go ahead and give you the money to do that okay all right but anyway, uh, that's another episode in the can. Thank you, for, uh, 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 thank you for being here, Elizabeth.
1: Well, thank you for being here, Thomas.
0: Uh, I, I wish I was more here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can reach us?
1: So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Your Words Podcast. And you can also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com.
0: I will try to get into updating the website uh, before our next episode. I've really sort of let the place go to pot, but um, I think uh, I can, like, knock it out and get it up to to speed.
1: You can do it. Wow. How
0: am I more alert at 11 o'clock at night than I am at, like, 12 in the afternoon?
1: Well, now it's almost 2 in the afternoon.
0: Right. Well, there you go i need to eat (laughs) okay all right bye
1: all right bye